Hello and welcome once again to episode 98 of Code Completion. We're a group of iOS developers and educators hoping to share what we love most about development, Apple technology, and completing your code. My name is Dimitri and I'll be your host once again for this episode and I'm joined today by my fellow completionist, Spencer. Hey there. And back after a hiatus of unknown proportions, Fernando. Hello, hello. So as I understand it, you have a methodology around code reviews that will simply blow our minds. Tell us more. Yeah, boy. So I have, <laughs> uh, first of all, it's great to be back so close to episode number 100. Can you guys He's going to miss that one. Watch it. Oh, yeah. no. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> my, my hiatus isn't that big. Um, so, yeah, uh, I have two really, really cool um, pieces of advice, tips, slash methodologies uh, regarding code review that I wanted to share. Um, the first, uh, the first of them is basically trying to replicate the pair programming code review, uh, synchronous methodology. I don't know if I totally butchered that, but right. Whenever you have a code review, there's really, I, I don't think there's a substitute at all to just sitting down with whoever is writing the code. And then just going over through the code with them having explaining uh, with them explaining it to you, right? So that way you can very quickly ask questions, ask uh, uh, what led to this architecture, what led to this solution, how did you did you think about this or that? So, however, usually that's um, that's a, a very good but heavy investment when it comes to time. Right, you're basically the the bigger the code review, the I, I would say the the exponential, the more the more time that you need in an exponential fashion. It's not linear where it's just two man hours. It's just the amount of time that requires for someone to explain code is huge, as we all know. So the first one comes from an article that I'll share with you guys in in a little bit. I need to refine it, but it's basically. Uh, whenever you go into a code review, and I don't know about you guys, maybe maybe I should ask first. What is your your own methodology? Let's say I have a pull request. Let's say it's not a massive pull request, just uh, uh, five files that changed. I needed to change a protocol and uh, the behavior, and added new functionality that didn't require a refactor of any sorts. Like how how would you approach a a pull request that I that I do? I'm going to take your scenario and ignore it and basically say that before I review any pull request, I, uh, when I write pull requests, I will review and walk through my code in comments via Absolutely. GitHub. Um, so that way someone else can have that kind of what you're talking about of like describing what your code is doing in human words. Um, that doesn't necessarily need to ever be documentation, but uh, it helps the review process because then it gives gives other people that are reading it um, like a way of going through it. Uh, so that that's like a, a step before the one that you brought up. Uh, when actually reviewing the code, though, um, I will uh, hope that there are some like automated tests and stuff like that to make sure that code is not doing something stupid. It still compiles. Um, I'm not going to look after any of that. I will rarely pull down the code um, if I need to. Uh, because again, I'm, I'm assuming the automated tests are going to take care of it. Um, and as we discussed in a previous episode, uh, most of my projects I also set up so that way each PR will run a test flight. So I can just go ahead and check out that test flight 
um, and see like what it's doing and make sure that the behavior for anything that looks suspect uh, still works. But then uh, besides all of those points, I will just kind of look through the code and make sure that I can understand the logic. Um, and if I can't, I ask clarifying questions. Um, if there's anything that could be named better, I suggest those. But yeah, that's my basic process. What what yeah. happens uh, before before you go, Spencer? What happens oh, yeah. if you find like an, an error in logic, like let's there's there's a a bug or something that you think needs to be improved on? I will go ahead and say that flat out. Say that this is this is not what we need. Uh, perhaps doing it like this would be better. Um, but I'm not gonna skirt around the issue. Uh, if that's it's, this is a perfect what you're thing. wondering. Thank you, Dimitri. <laughs> I I basically did that the exact same thing as you did. Uh, before having the uh, the self code review, if you will, adding comments as if as if it was someone else's code, presenting it, unit testing, uh, user testing, and then wrapping it up. Uh, Spencer, what about you? Yeah, it's pretty much the same for me. Um, we we use Bitbucket, but generally either the PR itself will be descriptive in in telling what was changed and. Uh, helping anyone looking in the PR or they'll make a comment just at the top of, of the PR, uh, after the fact. Um, but yeah, we also have automated tests that run and make sure there are no, you know, build errors or anything. And then just walking through the logic and logic and making inline comments there. Um, just saying like, Hey, you know, extra print statement, or I don't understand this or whatever. So yeah, nothing really new. That's perfect. So uh, my own process used, uh, is was basically the same as both of you. Like trying our best to number one, uh, make sure that you didn't make any mistakes. Number two, make sure that others can easily understand the code. Um, and oh, well, as a, as a PR creator and as a PR reviewer, uh, basically trying to understand the logic testing the code to make sure that it works. And if there are any unit tests, because sometimes they're, they're not possible or not not worth their time. Uh, they are never not possible. Well, no, I agree, but they're, sometimes they're not worth our time. Like, I, I, I can, ain't nobody got time for that sometimes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, like, that's, that's a very uh, safe way of reviewing code. Um, however, you do lose a lot of the... Uh, the, the the big idea comes, I finally found the article. The big idea comes from Chelsea Troy. Um, they wrote an article called Reviewing Pull Requests uh, almost three years ago in December 2019. I'll, I'll send the, the link. Um, do we have a chat here? Oh, we do. Do not send it in the chat. We're going to lose it. I just sent it in the chat. <laughs> All right. I'll throw it in Slack. Thank you. Um, so basically, Chelsea goes over uh, the regular... Uh, pull request methodology that we just did. And then they explain the issue, the main issue with it, which is, for example, when you see something that you believe needs to be changed, be it like a syntactic thing, a naming variable, adding comments, or even something more serious like uh, a bug, a missed scenario in the logic or something like that, you usually just comment it out, right? Hey, can you please change this? Hey, have you considered doing it this way? Hey, I don't like that you use a for loop here. Let's do a for each, whatever, right? Uh, but that isn't what would happen in a in a pair programming scenario, right? If we were, if us three were in, a, in reviewing my own pull requests and one of you was like, hey, um, can we change this for loop to a while loop? Uh, we would go in 
all three of us, even though I would be driving, we would go in and try to change the code and see if it's possible, right? Would we? So if we were in a call that, well, uh, Dimi, yeah? Like anytime I've done uh, poor, like poor review with others, uh, it has always just been over GitHub not changing code live to satisfy other people's whims. That seems like a massive waste of time. <laughs> well, it depends, right? Like, if if it's something that you consider should be changed in the pull request, uh, and we both agree, yeah. Let, let me backtrack a little bit. I thought we all we agreed, which maybe we don't, that being on a call and doing per programming is essentially the best way of producing high quality code that we all can live with. Is that fair to say? Yeah. <laughs> Spencer? It, I don't know. It definitely consumes more time. <laughs> That's what I sure. said. There's a lot more I agree. time. It's, it's exponentially way more time than oh, just yes. doing it yourself, right? And I don't uh, think it results in better code. Like, I it's, think it it's coding by on, like, committee a lot of times. I like, think it I depends think, on the dynamic, though. Like, as an example, right. if... If it's like a junior and you're like driving with it or, you know, the junior's driving, you're like kind of backseating there. Sure. Yeah. But if it's like, you know, two, two experienced seniors. developers, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> <laughs> It'll so, just be an argument <laughs> fest. So here's here's a, a, a question then for you guys. If if both of you were doing it, do you think it would be an argument fest? Yes. I mean, there's really? a reason I don't do it. Uh, it's Probably. it's better to have a cohesive idea. Like I don't have a cohesive idea when I start coding, um, but that's and my having point. someone else interrupt that process just leads to chaos. Let me. So I then. would rather uh-huh. I would rather have a complete a complete thought uh, and have that complete thought presented as code rather than present it as dubious pseudocode, which is not code yet. It doesn't work. Uh, so unless it's actual code, then it's not a complete thought yet. Uh, in my mind and personally um again this is different in different situations especially like for uh like spencer said a junior with a senior watching over them uh but if if you are working with like people at your same level uh then very rarely is figuring out the idea in code together a fruitful endeavor in my opinion I feel like that ends up in more time wasted than anything because you could have had the chance to uh, either A, discuss together, like that is totally fine, of finding the general like outline of how you're going to go ahead and get to a solution. I think that can have a lot of benefits for a very small amount of time used on that like brainstorming session. But actually writing the code, uh, I don't think is a useful uh, use of anyone's time because one, you're wasting both people's time and two, you're spending even more time discussing minute details, which don't matter until the end. Um, that would have changed that you would have changed anyways. You would have caught, uh, and updated along the way because you were yourself experienced. I, yeah, I think there's a, sorry for derailing. No, 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 no. I think this is, (laughs) this is a valuable conversation, right? Um, let me restate. Let's make. Let's go two steps back. What? What? In in the end, personally, the purpose of a code review is for me as a reviewer to make sure that I understand the code well enough that one, it won't cause any trouble, 
And two, if the person who submitted the code leaves the company tomorrow, uh, I can actually step in and just fix, add, improve, whatever. Is that fair yeah. to say? Yeah, I was mostly talking from the point of view of like pair programming is always better. Um, that is the premise I don't agree with. Uh, but for code reviews, then yes, that's a different that's a different thing. So for code reviews, do you agree like going going in a call, walking through the code and fixing any issues? Stop at fixing and you have a deal. So you don't uh, that's the but that's the point, right? So I think this is perfect because you present the exact problem that that Chelsea's methodology is trying to solve, which is that uh, you I think we all agree that if you have a comment on something that needs to be changed in a pull request, you should post that comment. Do we all agree? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But do we also agree that the comment may sometimes be out of place because just like you said, Dimitri, you don't have a cohesive idea of what the pull request is doing, not like the person who submitted the code. If you did, we would be past the code review. Is that fair to say? Uh, so do you mean a comment in this sense is like a clarifying comment? Like you're asking a question of like, I don't understand why you're doing this. Or, or is it more of like a, you should fix this. I, I, it needs to be in this way type of thing. Both. Or, I, or both. Let's say both. I mean, so the the way I'm thinking about this um, is probably very similar to reacting to customer feedback. Uh, say a customer calls you up because you uh, have a 1-800 number, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they say, I would really like for your button to be blue. Um, so do you A, say thank you for your feedback, we will think about that? Or do you B, uh, prove it to them that it's a bad idea by changing the code, making it blue, sending them a build and seeing if they are happy with uh, the change. Does that make sense? Like there, there is reactionary feedback, meaning that you can collect, uh, you can either choose to collect the feedback, like think about it and then, uh, have an output that perhaps encompasses all the feedback together or, uh, the initial qualms that you may have had, or you can react to it immediately. Meaning someone says, Oh, I don't like this the way it is. And then you change it, uh, because they just said that. Does that make sense? Um, so yes, like this but... behavior of like changing stuff mid review, uh, like live, I feel like falls in that second category, which leads to less precise work because you're just taking feedback wholesale as potentially the best way to do it without taking the time to yourself think about it down the line. So okay. I see where the bump is. Let's forget about the live part of it. Right. Okay. Let's just go back to the comments. <laughs> like if we have, if you have a comment on a change, be it a bug fix or something that you feel needs to be changed in the code, you will write the comment, right? Yeah. And the point of it is that you may not be aware of certain things when you want that change to be made, right? Because the as a reviewer, idea, right? as a reviewer, correct. No, if, yeah, if as not, a submitter, you don't have yeah. a, uh, you either miss something big or you're like. Well, that's the point of a review process too. Is to exactly. Find those that's things that you missed. Agreed. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, but the point of it is, uh, in the end, that in order to transmit that information, 
regarding the code and the code changes, the best way of transmitting it is, uh, this is Chelsea's idea, uh, which I like and we can discuss in a bit, is for the reviewer to submit the change themselves. Not in the same uh, branch, because that would mess up the pull request, but in a Make different Make a PR pull into request. the PR. Yes, a PR into the PR. And that's the, like, that's, that's the tweet, right? If you have feedback, code feedback, go and do it on your own branch and submit a PR, and we can discuss that feedback on your PR. And I've been trying this out uh, for a little bit, and I can tell you that it's actually incredibly useful when it comes to code because you have to get your hands dirty, right? As a reviewer, you have to go into the code review and see what is going on with this PR and how can I change what I wanted to change? It's very different for you to say, oh, can you make this function a uh, part of the protocol or blah, whatever, right? Or make it generic or whatever. It's very easy to say because in your mind it makes sense, but it isn't until you go into the code and you actually it's try it out that you're like, oh shit, making it a generic would take a huge amount of time. You know what? Let's forget about that. So the benefit is that you answer most of your own questions as you go and get your hands dirty. And when you can't answer your questions, that's when you go into the, the pull request and you ask, hey, I tried this and this and that. Why are we doing X, Y, Z, right? Or I tried this. This is much better. Here's the PR. Here's the actual code that you can use and we can merge if you like my new idea. Instead of like saying, hey, this is not efficient. Can you make it efficient? You just go in, make it efficient. Here's your PR. What do you think? So what do you think? It's a PR-ception. PR-ception. Uh, uh, so one thing, one thing that I want to I want to focus on here uh, is this kind of assumes that your PRs are ginormous. Uh, if they are around the hundred line of code mark, I feel like this is once again wasting a lot more time than is worth it. Uh, for instance, it might be better to just say okay, and then if you really think it can change, you can do that on your own time, separate PR that cleans stuff up. Um, that is like completely separate from the discussion of like getting something in. Like I'm a big proponent of if you're not done with something in a PR, make a ticket for it. It's okay if you didn't write the unit test yet. As long as you tracked that you didn't write the unit test, then they may as well be written just later, right? It's it's in the books. It's in the tracker. Um, it's not forgotten work that's just gonna uh, be neglected uh, until you like declare bug tracker debt. Right. Um, Nobody has a backlog. Bug tracker bankruptcy. Ten items. As we. Long. As we uh, discussed in a previous episode, so uh, it's it's definitely something that you can do during the PR process, but also like I wonder how much of it is solved by just better communication during the implementation process. So if you were to describe like what your approach is going to be, and then as you continue forward, you describe what you're doing, then someone might have the chance to say, "Hey, like, what about using?" A generic for this um and then that can be something that you the author can explore because you didn't necessarily write so much code that you're super invested in yet does that make sense rather than but kind that's of the point right you're nerds nerd sniping someone else on your team to <laughs> kind of go down the rabbit hole of uh figuring out if the generic is possible or not 
But you just uh, did that just... in your example. Like, even though it's like we're discussing the implementation as I go, it's not the final PR. You're like, hey, have you explored generics? You're basically adding more work to my plate without considering the consequences of the work that I've already done. I well, think you can you can done... always say, like, I'll I'll check that later, or I don't think it's relevant for this, and then. But that's on. the point. Like, if if you feel it's relevant, if you feel it would improve it, like, there's a way to prove it, which is put your code where your mouth is. Right. I think I think it's sure. interesting. It's interesting in the sense that you don't get to just say things like, oh, can you yeah. like it's very easy. For example, I, I noticed during my previous um, uh, PRs as a reviewer that I, I really love comments. Right. I really like when everything is well documented, especially the side effects. So if someone has a function, I really want it to be documented. Sometimes if it's like too simple, you know, like who cares? But if it has a little bit of a side effect, if it has several um, different parameters that need some explanation, I want to have the documentation there. And a lot of my comments were, hey, can you please add documentation here? Hey, can you please add documentation here? Hey, which is very annoying for both of us. It's annoying for me because I have to go and ask you to do the documentation. And it's annoying for you because it's like, oh, that's right. I have to do it. Part of the PR process, right? But it is still a little bit frustrating. I feel with Chelsea's approach, it's a lot easier for me to go in, comment uh, everything that I want to be commented, and then submit that, uh, submit that as a PR. And the person can be like, oh, no, what you tried to explain was wrong. This is the right way. And then they commit there. And that's the whole point of it. Okay. So I, I kind of want to approach this from like my level of knowledge perspective, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, where a lot of, not a lot of, but some of the peers that come in are like so far beyond me that even if I, you know, grabbed that branch and looked at it, there is no way I would understand it. We're, you know, dealing with like low level uh, metal code and, and audio processing and like you could give me a week and I wouldn't understand it. Right. So in that sense, uh, like, I guess my perspective is different where, uh, maybe I'm on the flip side of that where uh, I wouldn't be the one doing the code review with the person, obviously, because I'm not, you know, uh, qualified for some of those PRs, right? Um, there's there's two things there. I uh, mean, that's an excellent opportunity to ask for clarification. Yes, exactly. Uh, because it's not like you're incompetent, sure. right? Exactly. Uh, so if you cannot, like, parse what is going on, then that person quite literally made themselves... Uh, one of the only people on the team that can. Exactly. Uh, so there is an opportunity yeah. for them to clarify. Uh, the burden is on them, basically, to make sure that you, a third of the team or whatnot, uh, can actually like take part in that code in the future. Uh, because as it is, you seeing those PRs is an excellent opportunity for you to get used to that code. But if you can't understand it, then that is There's a failure wrong. on them more than sure. you. Yes. Okay. But yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess if we're, if time is not an issue, right, then this all sounds good. But a lot of this is like, I'm generally, when I look at PRs, it's like in between a ticket that I'm working on and another one, right? Where, but is that I, fair to the review, to the submitter? 
Like Dimitri has told us that he submits know. a lot of code. I think it's unfair if someone goes in and reviews his code and it's like, hey, looks good to me. Well, it's not like I just no, no, approve right, it in 10 but, seconds. But like at the same time, your example of pulling down the code and like rewriting an implementation where I have my own stuff to work on, like that's where it gets me. And maybe that's not a great kind of thought process to like. Yeah, you have a lot of free time. <laughs> no, no. Like yeah. the the whole point of suggesting that something can be improved via a comment is one, you don't have the time for it. Uh, two, it might improve things. Uh, and three, the other person might not have thought of it. However, if they have thought of it, they can quickly dismiss it and say, like, yeah, yeah. I tried it, not possible. Moving on. Um, and if they didn't think of it, then they can calculate in their head: is this worth me putting the extra effort in? Uh, and then making that calculation is down to you in the comments saying, hey, it would be great if you use generics. If you full stop there, it's useless. If you say, because uh, it would improve the uh, the speed that the code can run once it's been uh, inlined, yada, yada, yada. If you go ahead and describe that little bit, uh, then it might be worth it. And if it's shared knowledge that generics will do that because you've said it 10 million times before uh, and you're just a broken record at that point, then sure, like go ahead and... Uh, and make the the short comment because everyone's heard it from you before, and they're like, oh, "Okay, Dimitri's <laughs> back with his generics," um, and then that's like an opportunity to to do better there, right? There's there's I, a lot to unpack here. I think right? it's like in an ideal world where we all have time in an in infinite supply. Sure. Like maybe on an open source but project, this is like a valid well, time. Time, you uh, guys. I think the the thing that's that's it's it's the ownership of the code, right? <clears throat> Who to whom does the code in main or master or production belong to? Sure, everyone. To everyone, to the team. Yeah. But uh, and we all agree with that, right? But you guys are telling me the exact opposite. Like, oh, this is not my well, problem. Oh, I don't I think have time you, for this. You go and explore generics. I don't have time for well, this. I have other stuff to do. For me, it's like when right? you take a ticket, you become the subject matter expert for that ticket, right? And you essentially own that piece of code while you're working on fixing while. the bug yes. or the feature. Yes, during that, right? Yes. So by adding a comment, you are saying as an external reviewer, you're essentially external for that subject matter expert. You say, hey... Uh, I have perhaps more knowledge in general. I can, just like Dimitri said, uh -huh. I can submit, hey, have you tried generics? And then the subject matter expert can internalize that and potentially come up with a solution much faster than you could by much having faster. to pull the, pull yes. the branch and, and everything. So I guess my thing is just the speed and efficiency and not wasting but two people's time. I agree, though, is that yes, waste? we all own the code. That's the wrong I mean, word, is it? I mean, are we, term, getting, yes. are we getting a lot of benefit from it being generics? Does that make sense? Does it make the code significantly better that we're not going to be hindered as a company to like continue developing? Because that's, at the end of the day, Agreed. this is not necessarily Agreed. always open source stuff where it doesn't matter and you can reach for that ideal. But, but with like paid agree. company time, you need to get the work done and like the nicety of the code is an extra. It's only if people really care it's not necessary. So 
like those kinds it's down to the reviewer i think to indicate how necessary their suggestion is because if i say this is a nit but it would be nicer with generics then the reviewer can then the the author of the pr can basically make the calculus of like oh it really would be nicer with generics i know exactly how to do that let me do it if i don't know how to do that i can just move on and it's not a big deal at that point right because it's just a nitpick at that point. It's not going to significantly speed up. Yes, we're saving 10 cycles on the CPU because it's with generics and it's more efficient. And we saved a, a micro volt of, uh, of power or a micro watt of power in the process. Uh, right. But that doesn't no. actually like, end, have not... any significant mm-hmm. benefit, right? Like you can waste every resource on the person's device as you want. No one's really going to care. Like right. you're not actually making a difference. Uh, so you can strive to be that idealist and have really good code. And, uh, I think that's something that you should strive for in your own code rather than what other people are bringing to the table. And if you really, really care, you can do that afterwards, but it's the burden shouldn't be during the code review process. Um, and the burden must be on someone. I mean, either on the reviewer or the submitter, right? If okay. someone has a comment, the burden has to fall somewhere. Sure. I I would like right. to submit. I think Dimitri may have brought this As up evidence. a little bit. <laughs> yes. Uh, if, okay, so like, let's say this is a fairly quick fix. Again, it's like under 100 lines. You're, you're just doing something fairly straightforward. Perhaps uh-huh. there's no, there are no, like oftentimes a pull request just gets approved and there are no comments made by any of the reviewers. At my at my job, and that's fine because it. I would assume we all agree that everything is just fine. Everything works. No, I don't agree with uh, that. But let's okay, continue. well, okay, let's yeah. continue. I was working on something uh, this, uh, yeah, Thursday and Friday for two days, uh, trying to make something uh, run and load faster, and it was my code, and I wrote. 100% of the code and I couldn't figure it out how to get it to load faster. It was taking an obscene amount of time. Um, and I think I was partially too close to it and partially I just, it had been a while since I had looked at my own code that I wrote like two weeks ago. Anyway, long story short, I, I, I slacked my boss and was like, Hey, can you look at this with me? And I think that is a better time to do this than in the pull request process. I think like the pull request, it's like, if I can get an answer on how to do something better sooner, that's better than later, which the later in this case is the PR, if that makes sense. Right. But you're, so, you're yeah, it's like the last the step of the process. You're focusing yeah. on the PR. I don't, I, that, that's interesting. I don't agree with that. You're focusing on the PR as literally like a point in time, right? Yeah. It's the yeah. final piece. You are satisfied with your code and you are right. hoping that everyone else is too. No. The, well, I mean, I mean I, then I don't call it a PR. Call it a draft PR. Call it a branch. There you go. Oh, but if you're going to call mean, it a PR, we're, we're... then then semantically that that indicates the endpoint for your efforts. I I mean, sure, call it whatever you want. But it. But it, okay, it is, so like you can at any point in time you can open up uh whatever you want to call it, sure, which has your code, and say to someone else, "Hey, can you please help me out with that." Yeah, but then you're a lot more okay. open to anything at that point. That's a very different like mental state than I am done with my changes and I would like to get this in uh, and I'm going to 
scratch my nails on chalk on like a chalkboard every time someone says like oh can you make this into a generic or can you rename this method because i don't like it it's like that is inconsequential to getting like my work in at that point does that make sense but it's like, important I, to the I'm, other person like that's that's but, the okay, whole so point of this conversation right agreed if it's but wouldn't it be better uh-huh. Wouldn't it be better if it happened earlier than later in any point in time? Like, of course. Whether I agree. the pull request is... Okay. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> oh, but, but what I'm saying is that this isn't about the like last step, last mile kind of thing. This is more about changing who is responsible for changes in the code right yeah so if you submit your code uh, there there is a disconnect here because we either believe that code review is made so that i can understand the code so that if tomorrow uh whoever submitted the code leaves i get to pick it up or either i want to get through with the pr and assume that everything's right and i don't understand what the code is i don't think i think they're mutually exclusive i mean right? no one should be writing pr so big that if they were to leave, this you isn't have to about pick big up or someone small. else's code. This isn't about big or small. This is about understanding. No, but like, yes, on the point of understanding. Right. So uh, I I agree that like we should be able to understand code that's in, but being able to like pick up code that was written to be submitted, uh, like I think it should be totally fine. If someone leaves, they get hit by a bus or get fired or whatnot, uh, then at that point, you shouldn't need to continue from their work. Like, if your tickets are so big in scope that that one PR has so much work in it that you cannot restart it from your own thought process, uh, then I think that that's not, they're already I mean, way too large. That's way, that's way tangential. What I'm saying is that it doesn't need to be big or small or medium for you to understand it. There is a certain correlation, obviously. Uh, but I, I would venture to say that some of the pull requests that Spencer reviews that he's like, whoa, this is way above my skill level... They're not necessarily huge. They're just complicated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fair. Right? Yeah. So my yeah, point is either he understands the PR and he approves it, or he's like, I think everything looks good, but I'm trusting my teammates to do yeah. their job well. That, right? That definitely happens for sure. Right. And, and so I, all I'm saying is that I don't think one of them is wrong. All I'm saying is that this, this, like the methodology that Chelsea proposes, changes the onus from the individual to the team. It is the yes. team's responsibility to make sure that they all understand the code, or at least not all, but two people at the very least understand the code well enough to actually change it as much as they need it. Right? I mean, yeah. as, as much as you can create a whole PR for that, you can also just use, I don't know how Bitbucket works. Sorry, Spencer, you're in No, you're good. Um, I know, I but, know. <laughs> but for, for GitHub, at least, uh, you can go ahead and suggest changes directly in comments. And you can suggest multiple comments with multiple changes great. that can mm -hmm. all be submitted as like one commit batch um, if you choose to use that feature. So like, I would say that if what you want changed exceeds the capabilities of that you're asking for too much at that point and you should have been more part of the process if you cared that much uh from the beginning meaning you were uh a buddy on that with that person to go ahead and uh be their be their rubber ducky during the development process like because 
ideally you know who is working on what you should have been able to say like hey um i am interested in uh making sure this is developed right can you keep me informed of like what you're doing and have a culture that supports that kind of there's no easy way of doing that right unless like if you're working i mean why not that's what we do every day for every ticket that we work on. Well, so, we didn't like, want to you do can't it for say the PR. So I'm getting mixed signals. Well, the here, PR is right? the once again the PR is the last stage of that process. You are sold on your your approach. You're not no longer dubious of like I don't know if this is the right way of doing it. Like your PR Agreed. is your final work. Um, so like that's not the that that's not the environment for suggesting those kinds of big changes that would require an entire PR to, like, satisfy. Like, an, an additional PR to satisfy. <laughs> well, no, because it ends up being that if you need a PR to prove a point, then that is a big change, I, right? I if you can I prove a point in a comment... Thing. I don't think I'm saying... That, like, I don't need... Uh, like, my example, which would be very small and wouldn't change the architecture or anything, adding comments to the code. Like... I don't need a PR to prove a point. I, I'm sort of not proving a point anyway. I'm trying to make the code better, right? I mean, just put that in comments then. Like, that's what I'm saying, is your your PR comments can encode that information What and I'm be done saying with is it. that instead of, like, saying, hey, can you add comments to this, you do it yourself. Instead of, like, yes. saying, hey, can no, we No, I'm totally this? on board with that. Cool. I, what I'm not on board with is if it's a significant enough change. That's why I keep bringing up the size. Because if it's significant enough that it requires a whole separate hour of your time to go ahead and like write out. If you're writing comments in the PR and you submit that comment and go to the next comment, that's not taking an hour of your time in isolation to fix something and then submit a PR for that. Does that make sense? That's a very... No. Like, I didn't so, understand. Sorry. Okay, so there's two there's two things that could happen. Say you are unsatisfied with a PR, okay? So uh -huh. you take an hour of your time and you go make your own PR, you add everything you want to add and you make yep. a PR to that PR, okay? Yep. That's one option. The other option is you're unsatisfied with the PR, so you take the next hour of your time to add comments to that PR. Which uh -huh. means that the author can see your comments as they're coming in and they can do stuff with it and you're not necessarily going to potentially have the PR that you're commenting get merged in while you're working on your side thing uh, that could have like potentially been a thing. So what I'm arguing is that if you need, if you foresee needing that significant amount of time to like make a separate thing, that is something but that you should not But it's the same amount of time. I'm confused. It, in yes, your example, it, might be it was like one hour for code, one hour for comments. Yes, but I'm arguing that the one hour for comments is better a better use of your time than the one hour for code that's in isolation. But isn't because code one like the, uh, better than comments? Because code can either be merged or you either didn't submit the code because you realized there was something like difficult for it or... Going back to your getting hands dirty thing. Like right. you, you figure things out. Yeah, right. I see that. I so, mean, once again, once again, you are you are letting the author chime in early, right? If they if it's just your example of like adding doc comments, like that is trivial. That's something that like needs to happen. If you do it for them five times and then say, "I'm not going to review your code if you don't do this uh, the next time," then that's 
That's like a, a hammer approach of getting that solved. But that's separate than, oh, uh, I think you should have used generics or we should have uh, taken a slightly different approach to go ahead and solve this. I don't uh, think it's That is something that you can go ahead and... Well, what do you mean? Like, no one's going to not accept doc comments. That's that's what I'm saying. That it is a separate example because no, no, no. like what someone not accepting that... documentation what? is like cruel. I think <laughs> I we all agree. I, agreed. No, no, no. I think we agree on all points. The the thing I'm trying to say is that um, I think we all agree that if I build a feature in UI Kit and the reviewers like, no, I want it to be, I wanted it to be in Swift UI, that's wrong. Right. If I already submitted the PR, I'm not going to change everything just because you want it to be different. Like, there's no yeah. way that's going to happen. Unless, yeah. And yeah. sure, yeah. like you could write. I could spend my 10 minutes rewriting in Swift UI that you took your five hours to write in UI Kit and say, like, here's my PR to your PR. If this is all your code, puts my new code in Swift UI, and it it was m- much faster to put together because it's Swift UI and this I is think that's good. UI Kit. Um, I would but, like that. Right? Because no, it, you would not like that. As the author of the PR, you would be <laughs> insulted. Uh, and I can say that for a fact because I've run into that situation uh, and and made people mad as a result. So, uh, but that's what I'm it's saying. Not you did it. A situation. Right? If the other person, so let's let's run with this example. Okay, let's I did say, not do it in your exact scenario. I did it by accident. Uh, of like, oh, let me help out. I will write this bit of code. Uh, and then when that the person point. woke up, you were helping that out, code, right? Yes, and it was not welcome. So I can tell you with but the, that's, like, that's experience that no, no, no. it's not a good idea agree. to we go down agree. that route. Like, we agree that you were helping out. The issue no, was... No, I was not helping out. No, you were definitely it, helping out. It wasn't It was not you. help in the end. Well, but that's, I can, that's I can not say about the process It was my itself. problem. I, I screwed up in that situation. I was not helping out. Uh, and I'm trying to impart that wisdom of don't do that to everyone else that's listening to this. Uh, so as much as I can. So the the, the point uh, of it is that in the end, if you can, like, if you say ah, I'm going to do this in Swift UI, and you go and do it in an hour, maybe it's worth it. But if you're like, oh, I'm going to do this in Swift UI, and you start doing it, and you start running into issues, or you start rebuilding the whole feature, then obviously there's something wrong with your approach, right? No, that's a so comment not- that should never happen. It's not worth it, even if it takes five minutes versus something that took the other person five hours. I disagree. Uh, even because if it's not like UI kit versus Swift UI. Okay. Well, okay. you are okay. deleting that person from the team at that point. You are making yes. their efforts unnecessary. No, I'm kidding. But well, <laughs> then okay. that's a that's something that is not like open for discussion during a PR. Is my point. To the point of their slacking, then that I think. Coming from like not your either of your skill level, I think this all a lot of this to me assumes that we are all on the same skill level, and any of the work that you submit, I can easily digest and come up with potentially a different solution if needed. Uh, so to Dimitri's point, maybe uh, the the UI kit stuff that the person submitted that took them five hours. Maybe they're a junior. Obviously, Dimitri can write code faster and, and write UI code faster than him, and thus it takes him 10 minutes or, or however long. Um, so that's the... Dimitri wouldn't do what we just said, right? That's what he's saying. He's imparting the knowledge that he would Yes. But, but what I'm saying is, uh-huh. on the flip side of that, 
if someone again submits some like gnarly audio code uh and assuming that i am doing this thing where i'm pulling down the code and running through it um by the time i even like begin to grasp what it's doing the code will have been like merged or rejected like that's wrong i am not a I, i'm not a useful uh it is not a useful uh use of my time to to do to run through that because i don't understand it in the first place and it no okay let me hold on i'm getting to something spencer i cannot no. A junior cannot become a subject matter expert in all of these things. You're How you're does sort of a junior become a subject matter expert. I know, I agree, but I don't think it's a, an effective use of time. I think it mean, be I a think, better division of time. I think, I think they become that by making the mistakes and not having someone correct them. They need to realize what? the mistakes on their own. I'm uh, yeah. If you have someone, <laughs> you, if you have someone correct like, you at every step of the way, then you are gonna not at just every step their... of the way. We don't need to go to extremes. Like this doesn't I mean, even at happen some every step. single time. You need to realize that things can be better on your own. You can't have someone point it out for you because then you're not going to be able to point it out yourself. I disagree. There's I, levels. I, like, I mean, sure. If I see something if... wrong, I'm going to say that it's wrong and I'm going to explain why. And hopefully yes. the other person can internalize it and totally. say, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. Yes. But right. I'm going to say but what about for nuanced me? points, then it's not going to be necessarily fruitful for you to to like waste the other person's time for something that's not super important. Again, we you can using say that this word is a... waste. I don't like that we use that word waste. We're well, sharing I, information. I... Like... Like for example, but what Spencer, if I like don't even can't even grasp the concept of generics? Let's say you try to say, "Hey, let's use generics here," and I'm like, "I don't even know what generics are." I'm so, a junior. I... Let's process. But then, that. if you let's insist, say... and then you spend a week on learning generics that you're not really understanding it, but you like now uh, are extra confused by it. That's, if a that's code submitted by a my junior point. could be way better using generics, would you or would you not? want the final code to be done with generics i would yeah. you Hold would you merge completely. the code without generics yes why not you can always make a pr that improves it but my point is that if you really want them to improve at that point because they're not at the same level as you and you clearly have more experience and they understand that you have more experience it's like a very clear dichotomy it's a, there's no ambiguities at all in this equation yeah uh then you can definitely pull them aside and say like hey um, I think that this would be much better done with generics. Do you want to go through that process of transforming it with me so that way you can learn through that process? But that is a very, very different thing. No, but it's then the that's same not thing through as the opening review process. An, an, it's, it's the that's, same thing as opening up a new PR with the generics and telling them, okay, you review my code. No. That's not the yeah. same thing because they're not going to be able to review that. That's going to be Spencer's same situation. Okay, where exactly. Super but complex there's no code. time limit. Like just like you said. Like I there, think but there's you... always a time limit in the real world, though. No, but no, no, no. We, I'm not Especially talking about when infinite amount. People get of time. fired for not doing the work. Absolutely. No, no, no. You guys are taking this way to the extreme. <laughs> like, of course, if we go character by character. Okay, like, Fernando. It's Fernando. Take a Fernando. Lot, a lot more. Yeah, Fernando. <laughs> oh imagine God. the situation. Okay, you had a complete thought of how you want to present this pull request, uh, blow our minds thing, and uh -huh. we shut up for that entire process. So that way, you can get from start to finish explaining right. exactly what you wanted to explain. Right. We would have been done already. 
Like the fact that it has taken us this much longer to not even get to your second point, uh, I, I think is speaking agreed. volumes agreed. about no, no, no. why You're it's right. a bad idea to do the synchronously this is, this is uh, rather content. than. I don't know what you're saying. I mean, that's a completely separate <laughs> but, thing. But uh, <laughs> my you. point, no, my but... point stands that it's not necessarily good for the review process of a complete thought. Right? Your complete thought is being wasted on us because we're not even acknowledging or understanding what you're getting to no you keep saying wasted so many... but i think both of you have a much better understanding of this because we've been going back and forth than if i had just said oh here's the article open prs to your prs it's great i sure. mean you might think and then that you would but be i don't like, think okay looks good to me let's merge that right <laughs> <laughs> all i'm saying like all of this is that uh in the end, uh, so going back to the original point, like you said, Dimitri, uh, we uh, we tried this for like a month and we very quickly realized that PRs were taking way too long. Obviously, like we've been discussing for the past like 30 minutes, yeah, they were yeah. taking too long. So then we went uh, and had the sort of like the, post, uh, the best of both worlds, uh, in my opinion, which is obviously now I, I see very debatable um which is that the original pr is now open only for very minor uh, aesthetic changes you want to add comments sure you want to change the name of variable sure you want to make like uh you want to break up a function into smaller functions go for it but there's no big changes no architectural changes there's nothing big coming into that pr Unless if there it's is totally broken Right, unless it's totally like, broken. But if there is something there, big, that's always an option. <laughs> <laughs> if there is something big that you feel needs to be improved on, maybe, uh, and this has happened to me before, uh, maybe you you've had everything in one single like huge massive view controller, and you want to split it up, right? Maybe that takes more time than what was allotted originally to that PR. Well, during review, you take the time. Not, uh, I I sort of agree with the open up a ticket. But also, I don't because uh, at least Basecamp doesn't believe in backlogs. Uh, in every cool. single job that I've had, the backlog always it's stored runs. in here. <laughs> if you, if it's important to you, you have your own backlog. But the company or the team doesn't have a backlog. Does that make sense? I don't. Agree, otherwise, sure. it just rots. Like, and I don't know about you guys, but uh, tangentially, in in every other work uh, job I've had, there's a backlog with like 200 items. And there's zero percent chance we get to all of them because there's no there, like time is limited. We prioritize from that backlog. To previous episodes, I have not. Sorry, I, that's laughs, part of the hype. Laughs in thousands of items in backlog. <laughs> exactly, that's the point. So what I'm saying is, instead of you doing like, oh, we should change this and then chugging it into the nothingness. Uh, you basically go into a new PR and do it yourself right then, and that gets reviewed at some point in the future. But However, it's already you're taking, there. You're taking company time away from what has already been prioritized at I, that point. And yeah, even I'm, if I'm, the I'm, backlog is rotting, like that's not a sign that things are unhealthy or that there's not enough time to get to everything. That just means that there's things that are more important than making that change. Agreed. If your but thing if it is gets really important, point, you can make a ticket for it, discuss it with no, everyone, and have no. it prioritized. Otherwise, there's no get point. Done. A ticket will never get done. Then it's not I'm important le- enough. That's what it means. I think literally. there's a balance between... Like, I'm not a code monkey. I get to decide what's important, too. Even though, like, 
the the company at least what i like about basecamp is that the higher levels they're basically commanding the ship right they're trying to see hey do we go north do we go south how do we turn this and then they give instructions hey move the right. engine to whatever right but i get to decide um how the engine room looks like how it works that's none of the responsibility if you guys have read the mythical man month that's actually what frederick p brooks proposes he has someone that's the surgeon who is actually driving and and setting the path and you have the architect which is basically the implementation specialist so nobody gets to tell me what's important in my code base they get to tell me what they want me to build but they don't get to tell me what's important in my code base but they do get to tell you when to build it and if you cleaning up is less important than you adding a feature business-wise because the money that's paying you is coming from somewhere then you need to do that that you are beholden to do that that's not the way it works at basecamp and i think i think they have lots of money so therefore they're uh, they're able to satisfy that but that's not a universal truth that's I, my no, point. I'm not saying it's a universal truth. I don't think... But well, we, we are presenting it as like this is an, an ideal that's better than the alternative. Um, I'm not so presenting it as an ideal. I'm, I'm here with empirical... Like, like, it's anecdotal, but it's empirical. I've tried it for months. I mean, to go, to go back once again to one of the examples you brought up, say splitting up a view controller into multiple files uh, uh-huh. or into multiple things. Like, sometimes that's possible, right? Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. that's not. Um, you can potentially say, hey, it'd be really nice if we split up this view controller, but that's not important for this PR. Um, so Agreed. if it is like quickly possible, then the person can consider it. Uh, they can. Uh, you can just file a ticket if you think it's important, but mm-hmm. you're not sure if anyone else thinks. Like maybe half the team thinks it's important. You filing a ticket is your input into that system saying like, hey, we'll discuss this when we review the tickets that we filed this past week. Like that's not tickets not immediately going into the backlog. It goes into the backlog if no one else cares. That's what I'm saying because again, it's a team. It's not one person. Uh, even though a lot of teams are one person working on the entire <laughs> code base, that's a separate uh, discussion to this. But uh, if you are if you are like one uh, person as a team and you think that that PR should be broken up, you can say, "Hey, I think this view controller should be broken up," and then the author can immediately respond, which is this is something that I've done multiple times. But why you saying? can't because these properties are private and therefore it has to be in here. Like that's it. You've ended that discussion. There's no ticket. There's no further discussion. There's no you wasting your time proving that it can be potentially done because the author can immediately answer your questions. That's why I'm saying rather than going through any rabbit hole, it's probably better just to comment like get that get that foot in the door if better it's, in what way you won't be better in the code saving well. everyone's time i mean the, the code subject, can't be split yeah. up it has to, it has to be the way it is if it really is can it better maybe for a junior developer is it better if you tell them that the code cannot be split up or if you let them go and try and split up the code and fail at it let them go and fail at it. Yeah. So why are we reserving that privilege of learning in a better way for juniors? Because they shouldn't be wasting their time doing it for your code. That it's you just not submitted. wasting. It's it learning. is wasting. It's because literally it's company learning. time. It yes, be but like, you're not they're learning on company learn. time. They're learning on company time. I don't like, honestly have them I don't... learn via their own tickets. Don't have them learn via the things that they're not supposed to be concentrating on. They're learning from my code. Right, and I don't even have th- an intern. I wish, but Spencer, I think in like from my perspective, 
obviously I'm learning every day, but I don't know how much I would be able to internalize from something that's like so far above me where like, I can't, I sure I could get my feet in the, you know, feet wet and get my foot in the door in a metaphorical sense of, uh, maybe starting to like get on this process of audio processing, but like if you throw me headfirst into, hey, review this code and pull it down and try to find a better way of uh, potentially making it work, I'd be like, I have nowhere to start. It would take me so long to even get on the. I right think track. the difference that Fernando's getting at is you would identify that potential on your own, but as as like Spencer has brought up so many times, I don't think that those opportunities just naturally present themselves. Like, there's a Agreed. difference between a senior and a junior in how they review code. A junior is not going to identify things to change. Most yeah. times. Like, they are going to assume that the senior's code is better in all ways. Exactly. And hold back their thought because they might be saying something stupid. Uh, not not that that's what they should be doing, but this is what like implicitly hierarchical structures cause is you will not speak up if you think you're about to say is wrong we unless everyone normalizes that to like such an extent. <laughs> However, like th- if you're going to normalize that to such an extent, you should normalize the rest of the process too. Meaning you should have better communication. You should have someone to work with you. Uh, maybe not like pair programming, but uh, definitely being informed of the process and the steps that you're going to take. Uh, so like, I think that once again, the code review process is like the finish line. I don't think that's an opportunity for like such drastic, uh, changes to either be suggested. Um, and if they do need to be suggested, they should be suggested with a ticket, uh, so that way the author does not feel the burden to (laughs) do it then and there. If you really care about it, you take that ticket up immediately. But you've prioritized it on company time. And if the company finds you like doing these tickets nine times out of ten instead of the new work that has been prioritized separately, they take you out to a corner and give you a certain explanation about how you are not being paid to explore your own whims. You are being paid to help the company develop it's what not, they're developing. I think, I think the disconnect here is in like, it's really an I- idea. It's a, how can I say this? It, I've noticed that it's not the process, it's the ideal of what work should be for a programmer. I feel you should always be learning. There's obviously not, uh, you just said this, right? There's like these opportunities don't naturally come up. Like the opportunity to actually make the code better doesn't naturally come up. You I mean, have to tell you to do it. Right, exactly. So it has to like be... say, "Hey, Junior, a new project for you. Please split this view controller up." And exactly. You might it has be to like, be like I have no functional. idea how to do that, and then they can give you pointers of like, "Okay, first let's pull this part out and like break it down for you." And then the next view controller that you need to break up, they ask you like, "Hey, how are we going to do this? What's your game plan?" And then but that's you, like you mentor dedic- them. But that's like a completely separate thing than like in that's the what I'm saying. Process. I don't think it should be a completely separate thing. It has to but be. But that's where it's most effective. I don't think it's most effective there. I think it's most effective when you are responsible for a piece of code. Somebody improves it and then explains it how they improved it. And that leads to an interesting discussion and a learning experience. Like, for example, Spencer, if... Uh, if you were to be a reviewer in, in a PR that's way above your skill level, um, you what what 
in my opinion, what should happen is you set an allotted amount of time for that PR, whatever that may be, right? Okay. Um, you approve the PR in your regular fashion. And then you use the rest of your allotted time to actually go in and try to understand the PR. It doesn't mean you're going to understand 100% of it. That would be ideal. But since this is like way above, it's going to be like basically impossible. But you do spend an allotted amount of time trying to actually go in the code and getting your hands dirty and doing something with it. Yeah. So and I, I don't think... think that's a waste. That's a really important part. It's never okay. a waste. In my opinion. Yeah, I, I think maybe something kind of clicked for me where I'm trying to shoehorn this into the current model that we are that we right. use it's at different. work. Right. So you would I mean, we would have to completely change how we go about things and like in the for example, the sprint planning process, like know that hey, we are going to dedicate X time to potentially every PR uh, and maybe that slows the work down. So in that sense, sure, I get that. Um, I think trying to shoehorn that methodology into the way that we do it at work now wouldn't work. Or uh, so does here's that make a sense? question. Uh, it it does make sense. Obviously, it would take more time. But here's a question: How much time do you feel like if we measured from zero to a hundred percent, where zero percent is? You discuss a possible idea in sprint planning and 100% is you merge or you're basically done with the ticket. What percent of that time should be allotted to code review? Uh, right? Okay. It's easier with the PR. It's well, exactly. I, it's it easier does... if you measure it regarding to the amount of code that we have. Sure. If you spend like three days working on code, how much is, of that time should be reviewed? Okay, let me ask a clarifying question. Does code review happen only during the PR or can it happen while I'm working on... While you're working. It ticket? can happen at any moment in time where you're like, hey, can you check this out? Or it yeah. can be the last line of defense. Then the smallest well, amount of time possible because you're working on something else and that is disturbing what like you're that. working on. I Let's see. I can... Oh, uh, what did I use yesterday? Uh, oh, I used Tuple. I don't know if it will tell me how long we were on a call. I was on a call with my boss for almost an hour yesterday like trying uh -huh. to figure out my problem. How uh, much time did you spend on that problem up until that point? Um, probably in total six hours. So like 20%, 17 to 20%. Yeah, but that's, that is, I think, more of an exception than the rule. Um, most PRs, I don't talk to anyone and I get the job done. Does that make sense? I, I don't like that. Yes, and it only, I, I think the, it makes the sense. code review happens at the submission of the PR and no comments are made and or they're like, you missed a print statement. Here you go. I, this this feature that I'm talking about specifically is like very sequestered to I have written the entire feature and no one else has touched it type right. of thing. So I think I it, think in the end it's a subjective thing where I don't like that people don't review code thoroughly and it, or at least has the appearance of no, reviewing yeah, code that's thoroughly. That's fair, right? Meaning it's, it ends up in just a check mark at the bottom. Yes, and there's like no comments. Yeah. yeah. 
I think the hard part is, again, pulling people away from what they are working on and ex expecting them to be pulled away from what they're working on in an, a, it, in a significant amount of time where they are I know I know you don't like this in a significant amount of time where they're completely detracted from audio processing and they're in now my own Swift UI land where they're they don't touch Swift UI or whatever it is that expectation and that would be so hard for me I get in the zone and I work on my own stuff and I don't want to get pulled out of it for meetings or anything else and I will review pull requests at my leisure when I am in a mental state where it makes sense for me to do so. What I really like about this conversation, because um, I, I, what I really like about this conversation is that in the end, what, what the point I think we're, we're really far apart is ownership, right? Um, I don't, I've come to accept that code review is my work uh like for for instance and, and 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 you say yes but you just said like i don't want to do that because it's pulling me away from my work but i mean my work is, is code not review. the same thing as rewriting what you wrote <laughs> that's the it that's doesn't the matter difference. the point no, like no, no. i will what i will happily i will happily spend time reviewing other people's code on the team other people's uh, and making code like that's yes, that's and the my interesting own code. the the no 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 but but that's the point right I mean, either I, I personally <laughs> no but I asked I I asked in the beginning he's like, saying it's like we all review the or we all own the same code we all it's own all the codes like it doesn't matter who wrote it it's not their code it's the team's code and that for me I have jumped from thinking that it's the team's code after it's merged to thinking it's the team's code. All throughout. So going and reviewing somebody else's code is my work. Because if I don't do it, I'm blocking my teammate. They can't keep going. Like we can't ship if I don't unblock my teammate when they need a code review. So it is my work. Is it annoying and frustrating that, that I'm in the zone and then, oh, I need to stop this and do code review? Yes. I but, it is I mean, my work. but again, doing code review and then rewriting what they wrote. Like taking whatever those as extremes. Forget about it. Let's say let's say we all agree. Forget about the Chelsea thing. Uh, the what I keep hearing is that my work is my code, and I'm reviewing their code. And once their code is merged, it's the team's code. That is the core of the issue. It has nothing to do with Chelsea's. I mean, I'll go further. It's not the team's code either. It's still individual people's code. I think it's important for individual members of the team to have owners continued ownership over like stuff they've written. Otherwise, what's the point to them being there if they're completely replaceable? You shouldn't make people feel like they're replaceable. They, sh but they saying should it's be replaceable. Code, they should be replaceable. Everyone should be replaceable. Okay, then like, why am I working on this team if I'm replaceable? That doesn't make me feel comfortable. You don't want to. You you want to be unreplaceable? So you want information to be in a silo? Well, no, I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying that I shouldn't. It should not feel like I, as a person, am replaceable on the team. I can be replaced with someone else. That is never a sentiment that you should give to your other teammates. And like, but they can be like as as people and teammates, yes. they cannot. So, right? but so the as real code the, makers, they can. 
And they should so be replaced. The reality of the situation and how people feel are two very different things. And they are things that you need to like properly balance. But you should never make people feel like they're replaceable. You should always let them feel like they are... I don't know are... how you always go to the extreme, Dimi. Like, nobody's trying to make someone feel replaceable. Uh, I don't want to feel replaceable. But a method but of making of someone matter... feel replaceable is that if you go ahead and use that example that we're throwing out of the argument here of, like, rewriting someone's code because you think it can be done better this way and faster and it's better for the team without properly discussing it and anything like that, that is making someone feel replaceable. They are replaceable. Everyone is replaceable. Okay, then they, then they will leave. Like, they have oper- plenty of opportunities to work elsewhere. Where that's what I'm saying. Or but that's what I'm saying. It's Developers are not like an ever-abundant resource. Like, we have plenty of opportunities as we gain experience to jump between companies, and you don't necessarily want to they, lose... The people that are working on your team that are doing good work by making them feel replaceable. Does that make sense? I don't want now, I don't want people to lie to me. Like I don't want the company to tell me, "Oh, you're irreplaceable, Fernando." We would be completely lost without you. Like, oh no! Like that puts a lot of responsibility on on my shoulders. I don't want that. I want to work in such an environment that if someone leaves tomorrow, we are not scrambling and in. Like in a code red for weeks, but that's I a decision that that's a decision that you made for yourself. Like a junior joining your team, for instance, if they feel like they're replaceable, that means that they are constantly on edge because anyone can replace them anytime. Their their abilities are subpar. Like uh, someone new can come in Whoa, and then kick them out. But you're that's conflating skill with replaceable. But like, that's that's what I'm a decent developer and I am replaceable. But uh, that's Chris Ladner is an excellent developer and he is absolutely replaceable. Yes, but that's what the mentality of like everyone's code belongs to everyone kind of perpetuates. Uh, just because you are a subject matter expert for something and does not mean that the knowledge has to be siloed with you. Like so let, you me, can... let me ask you a question then, a clarifying question. You're saying that someone should have continuous responsibility over certain parts of the code. Regardless if it's siloed or not, uh, they're responsible for that code, right? Uh, is that what you're I mean, saying? Uh, not necessarily. Okay. But that is, an, that is an that uh, is a good outcome, potentially, because okay, that means so... that you have some ownership over uh, like some pride in what you're building and you're not necessarily well, that's going different. to be pulled there's, out there's a difference and thrown pride somewhere else. And ownership. Like, I am proud of the code that my team puts out, regardless if I wrote it or not. It's not my code, but I'm proud that we are... Okay, but that's, a, once again, a decision that you are making for yourself. Not every individual No, is like but that. that's that's sort of like... Uh, so you can't, sort of like you can't shoehorn that. That we're trying to have, which is that I consider our team's code... And and the general consensus is that our team's code is past merge. Of course, you can say, well, that's your opinion, man. But <laughs> that kills the conversation, right? Like you can I say, we agree to disagree and then we move on and that's fine. If you want to do that, I'm totally fine. All I'm saying is that this is the way I think where my code doesn't exist. It's our code. And that makes it easier and more palatable to unblock other people during code review. And it makes it also easier for me to go in and submit code in their code reviews whenever I feel it's important. 
Yeah, but me, I don't think everyone else is com- as comfortable with that happening as you think. That's all. Well, that's the that's the novelty that I bring. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, so let me let me present like a hypothetical because I think I understand both the it is our code and bo- and also it is the kind of continued ownership thing. So let me present to you. Let's say we are all working on a team. I submit a feature. Uh, it gets merged in. It becomes our code. Then there is a bug with said feature. Who takes that? Whoever. Whoever, yeah. Why? Exactly. Why? I love this. I was going to ask this question. Because, exactly this question. Because why? whoever is free to work on the next prioritized item. Because the but team isn't... has worked to have a list of things that as a team everyone is aware of and everyone can work on. And therefore, whoever's free next grabs that. And they bring you <laughs> as the original author in to help them solve it. I'm having, like, that's... Please, Spencer, go. No, Do you have anything it. to say? I, well, I was going to say, in general, like, for example, this thing I was working on, I submitted that code, uh, that general feature, two weeks ago. I also got brought in to fix my code because I was the subject matter expert. Now, I think both of you are now going to disagree with me and say someone else should take it. Is that right? I know. I'm not, not saying someone else should no. take it. I'm Agreed. saying whoever's Agreed. free should take it. Agreed. Agree okay. So okay. if you are free, you are the ideal person I... to take it. Okay. But if you are cool. busy, then like someone else can take it and they should bring you in and say like, hey, Perfect. can you give me the yeah. three words as to why you did it in this way? So that way I can take that yeah. into consideration. And you've spent a very little time like on it, but you've helped them like okay. conceptualize. Perfect. I think that is both the ownership and also, sorry, the self-ownership and also the team ownership in an ideal world. That sounds like both to me. Yeah. We both, we all own the code, but also I own the code in a sense of I am the subject matter. Like you're not being blamed for it by any means. And you are not yeah, like the no, sole but person like, that needs to like fix your, exactly. your troubles. So it's like the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. But what, no, I, I mean, that's definitely one way of doing it. <laughs> but okay. what I'm saying is that well, I agree 100%. No, no blame should ever go. Like, it's funny that we're talking about code ownership or feeling uh, pride about your code. Because if a company ever blames you for a bug or a defect, you should leave 100%. It's, it's a team effort to put out that code. So all I'm doing... Yeah, the responsibility is ex- on everyone else who approved that review. Exactly. As well. Yep. As well right. as you. And if it's just you and one other person, there's 12 other people on the team, the other 10 have some responsibility, have like more responsibility for not having looked at it uh, than the two that did look at it. So all I'm saying is that the, wouldn't it be better, at least in an ideal world, and this is definitely an ideal, so probably not achievable, but wouldn't it be better if we all were, um, well-versed in the most recent or at least two people had sort of like shared ownership of code sure again that is we are at a good skill level to be able to assume ownership right i cannot assume ownership of audio processing right no that makes sense but wouldn't that be better right yes and i argue that that the review process is not the place for that it should have been done earlier in the process like if it's a company statement to have people learn along the way and get better and improve 
then it should be the company statement to involve the like Spencer with audio processing from the beginning rather than have it happen incidentally if that makes sense like I think that's where my my major disconnection from this idea is is I don't think the code review process is the time and place for that I think that you as as a team more work needs to be done earlier to make sure that people can work effectively with each other um, and make sure that they are communicating how they're going to go ahead and do something. And if anything doesn't make sense or any opportunities arise, they arise at that point in time rather than later. And the exception to that is when the author that's working on it gets stuck like Spencer was and needs help. And therefore that help can happen because it's unblocking work that needs to happen. But I don't think that the PR process is like made for that specifically, if that makes sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but I won't say more because we, we can stay here for three more hours. That's like your opinion, man. Well, I think there's some interesting ideas are presented, and I think maybe. I don't know if we just need to like read the article ourselves and I don't think we'll agree. Like after this conversation, I, I, I don't think, think we'll we agree, agree because agree, there's a very agree. heavy um emphasis on the code review aspect of it. Mm. Which is what Dimitri is not uh not agreeing with. I think the code review aspect is fine. I think this whole thing happening at the end with the PR is like oh like I mean, I did code review with my boss yesterday, but it didn't happen in the PR. You know what I mean? But what if it happened in the PR? It, then it feels like it, the person that had the problem should have. Well, I don't. I guess in right? one sense, it's like if I came up with a potential solution and my boss came around and said, "Hey, there's this better solution." Sure, that's fine, but. I think ideally it should have happened earlier where if I was stuck, I should recognize that I was stuck. We're and stuck. Or before you even run. started, your boss should have mentioned like, hey, this is how I think it could be done. Exactly. And We're therefore they get that out. But what happens if you don't? Like, so then yeah. like you don't mention it That's... at all as a reviewer. No, you would definitely mention it as a reviewer. I I don't necessarily agree with derailing my boss from what he's doing and having him to prove it. It's amazing words it. derailing. It's his like yes, like it's your work. He's it's his work too. That well, I know. from my point of view. Sorry, from my point also... of view, it's not. Yes, I should apologize. From no, no, from no, no my I, point I, I of see view, what you're saying. Right, he's he's a teammate. You should be able and to he's... ask for help without being like, oh shit, I'm gonna derail well, him. No, and well, that's honestly, separate he's, than... he's he's great about that, and he's always like, "Yeah, feel free to bug me whenever." I just I still feel bad because I know that in the grand scheme of things, my feature is less of a value to customers than the things that he is working on, almost guaranteed. So, do you feel replaceable, Spencer? Yeah, I do. Is that good or bad? I think it's kind of... I don't know. I'm a little on the <laughs> fence. I definitely get where both of you are coming from. I am scared because often I genuinely feel this imposter syndrome of, oh, crap, if I don't get this done fast enough, yep. I could be fired legitimately. I feel yep. that all the time. And that's 
fine and, i think and I it think might not be because because people don't like you like it might just because yeah. well like apple stopped featuring our app and therefore like sales have plummeted 50 percent, and we just can't support another engineer at this point does that make sense yeah. that's that's where these ideals are the first things to be on the cutting block um and like if we're going to search for better ways to do things those uh improvements should not necessarily be the first things on the cutting block that's that's like where my major contention is and perhaps this is a truly great idea as well but like going back to to doing uh doing like the review and then like fixing things in the process i feel like a lot of this conversation has been that like you're trying to share your idea but then we are immediately offering different ways of like going at it and derailing your thought process live uh in a way that sure makes for a great show and lots of conversation but did not (laughs) accurately convey what you wanted to convey because neither of us understood it at the end of the day in the way that you understood it would you agree that both of you actually doing it like actually implementing this reading the the article and implementing it would have made it a better transfer of ideas well i'm not sure if i learned anything from this that's the problem time that's, but that's I think the point time and efficiency aside sure <laughs> right so i like i i like spencer's uh, answer like of course it would have taken more time cuz you would have had to Go and do whatever you need to do at work to make this happen, which could be as simple as doing it or as complicated as submitting a new ticket, going through sprint planning. Hey, I want to try this, blah, blah. Yeah, sure. It would have been more. We would have to scale or slow down our like velocity of features and like. Correct. Change timelines to do this. But sure. In in theory, yes transfer of ideas that's all i, sure. I, I mean as long as if, if we're if we're changing timelines there are better ways of doing this as a whole as well right you can take the government approach that's and what, over that's what about building ism. everything and timelines don't don't that's matter about ism. don't don't change the subject Dimitri. i mean I, all i want is that there may be ways that are 100 times better than this sure is this better than the status quo if you can fit it in your time i think so and well, it depends who status quo we're talking about, because I, I, like I feel like where I'm coming from, and perhaps you just I are. Dimitri, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I have. I, I think we all we all agree that we disagree, right? Well, I mean, it's funny enough that we're like at least on my computer, it's me, Spencer, and you, Dimi, and I think we're in that spectrum where I'm completely sold in this idea. Spencer's like. I don't know if it works, but I guess it's like a cool idea. And you're like, it definitely doesn't work. Please stop doing it. Can we agree on that? I mean, yeah. no, because I, I that that was not the outcome I wanted to get to. I I'll take this last moment because I do think that like I want to be more receptive to what you were arguing for, but I was not able to because we we're immediately dissecting it upon delivery and we didn't necessarily get to the conclusion and therefore we were not able to judge it in its axiomatic way that it was being presented. Um, and I think I that... It's funny. So you think... you think that you com- communicated your idea properly to me. That's, that's I where I don't think that could... was... Yeah, I, I think, think you I could did. have done better. 
And not not on oh, you. Wow. Thank you. I think that <laughs> the process could have gone more smoothly. Um, and I think that as like a final note on this goes back to like how review processes can go. Like do keep in mind that things can derail very easily. This being case in point. Um, and I think that like I don't want to dismiss what you were saying because potentially I could revisit it afterwards. But you were uh, it the whole hour and a half. Because you I didn't understand in... it. That's what I I'm saying. Because it that. was it was like, presented in a context. Simple. I think I think we all understood the idea. The idea is if you have comments, you open up a new PR and you put the comments in. And I don't mean comments in the code comments kind of way. I mean if you want to change something, change it. That's the idea. That's the entirety of it. I think I think I explained it correctly. It's just like I couldn't convince you and I couldn't truly convince Spencer that it was a good idea. But that's the idea. It's very simple, very easy to explain. The article is like a 10-minute read at most. So I, I, at least from my point of view, I think we're at that stage where I am totally sold on the idea. Spencer's like sort of like, I guess if I could show Spencer some of my pull requests, I could maybe pull it a little bit further but i don't like spencer doesn't have like the ability to to go like all right i'm just gonna do it and start doing it so it's really just a theoretical idea and you were not agreeable with a lot of parts and i I don't mean to say that either of us is wrong we just weren't in agreement and i don't think there's anything wrong with that well is that fair at least it at least it gives food for thought for everyone listening to exactly. like, pick your pick your own adventure. Yep. Yeah, so for sure. That article that'd be great. Um, I'm actually changing uh, or, or changing a little bit of subject. I'm actually trying to uh, write something about it uh, with Basecamp. Um, we have a ton of work right now, uh, obviously, as we always do. Everyone always does. But I would really like to like show some actual code review that displays like hey like i wanted to do this to to comment this on the pr and i didn't because i went and tried it and i was like oh that's so stupid it's not improving anything right but that's a mm-hmm. whole nother kind of worm so I'll, I'll if i ever have that i'll, I'll come back to uh, to the uh to the podcast and we can discuss it aimlessly yeah. for another hour and a half <laughs> and I, I guess let this be a lesson to everyone listening. If you have an idea to present, so like flush it out a little and make sure you have a cohesive uh, plan before presenting it, uh, because that really helps convince everyone of what you want to do. And that goes doubly for PRs as well. Like, but also remember that some people just won't be convinced. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm convinced this is the best thing than before. So I I don't know if I will. Anyway. Thanks for having me in again after like twenty episodes. I don't think yeah. it was twenty. It wasn't episodes, that long. I checked. It was. It was mid-May. Was the last time you came on. That was this year. Ten episodes. Yeah. Oh yeah, probably most ten episodes. Yeah, you're cool. right. It is August, huh? Yeah. This week's episode of Code Completion is once again brought to you by Bon Voyage. Bon Voyage is a full-stack iOS application development course from Johnny B. With this course, you'll learn how to build both full iOS client app and associated React web administration application. The app and the site will integrate with Firebase as well as Stripe and Plaid for payment processing. 
Bon Voyage is a place to book extravagant vacations and you'll gain the skills to build the iOS app from the ground up and integrate everything you need to provide a world-class vacation booking experience. To find out more and sign up for the course, visit bonvoyage.app slash course. That's B-O-N-V-O-Y-A-G-E dot A-P-P slash C-O-U-R-S-E. And be sure to follow Bon Voyage's instructor, Johnny B. Codes, on Twitter at J-O-N-N-Y-B-C-O-D-E-S to stay up to date with all of his courses. Thanks again to the Bon Voyage e-commerce app course for sponsoring code completion. As always, I want to personally thank everyone for listening in this week. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter at CodeCompletion to know when new episodes get released, and feel free to tweet at us if there's ever a topic you'd like for us to dig into. Most importantly, as a small podcast, please be sure to share this with your friends and family who are also interested in any part of the process of app development. It's your support that enables us to continue doing this, and we hope to grow a healthy community around everything we discuss. Once again, I want to give my thanks to Spencer, who's at Spencer C. Curtis. That's S-P-E-N-C-E-R-C-C-U-R-T-I-S on Twitter. And uh, Fernando, who is at From Junior to Senior, that's F-R-O-M-J-R-T-O-S-R on Twitter for joining me this week. My name, once again, is Dimitri, and you can find me at Dimitri Buniel, that's D-I-M-I-T-R-I-B-O-U-N-I-O-L, and we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Uh, titles. I like, that's like your opinion, man. <laughs> but from good. those... Uh... Oh, we could definitely put that one in there. In the in, throw that in the or what is it? What is it? Throw that hat in the ring. I don't know. Have you guys seen um, the Big Lebowski? No, like oh my twenty God. years ago. Yeah, twenty years ago. It's really good. You you should you should watch. Oh, watch it. Yeah, definitely. I know it's like a cult classic. I should. It's a cult classic. Get on yeah. that. I mean, there are new stuff coming out all the time. You can ignore the old and. Take in the new. It's also an yeah, opportunity. Cult classics are like cult classics for a reason, though. Like, Whoever doesn't know, know a lot of them are slow. Are doomed to yeah, not know them. I guess. I mean, they can be remade. Yeah. I guess. I watched the, uh, the Godfather a few years oh, ago. It also was haven't watched that. It's really horrible. like it's, it didn't live up. Just like Dimitri said, it's like so slow. Nothing. Watch ever people walk down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting like to it see, though. like, it's interesting to see what's on like IMDb's top two fifty. It used to be top two hundred or one hundred. Yeah. Um, I mean, like Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, that's a good movie. Second like one that. is Godfather. And the third is The Dark Knight. So, I mean, definitely like, I mean, we're spanning from nineteen seventy two to two thousand eight. There's a recency bias about the Dark Knight. Sure. It's really, really, really good, but it's not Shawshank Redemption good. What's number Yeah, I don't four? know if it's like the uh the Godfather Part Two. <laughs> oh my god. What's number five? <laughs> Twelve Angry Men from nineteen fifty seven. That movie was just I it's okay. Seen it. I it's it's a good movie. It's just I would much rather watch Twelve Angry Men than The Godfather. Pulp Fiction's number eight. Uh, I just uh, those two. The good, the bad, and the other. It's super slow. I actually really liked it though. I just watched that like a year ago. Um, Inception, The Matrix, Fight Club, Lord of the Rings, Empire Schindler's Strikes Back. List. Like Schindler's List is a way better movie than The Dark Knight. I haven't seen Schindler's List, and I kind of uh, am scared too. I don't know if you should. Yeah, it's. 
Yeah. 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 I don't know. The only old movie I've seen recently was Godzilla from Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla from the seventies. Um was it good? and that that was excellent. Uh mostly because <laughs> the dub was like as half baked as you remember it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um The dough. We're like <laughs> we're like they're talking. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um and that's like yeah. half of the entertainment. Uh half the entertainment is not really understanding where the storyline is going. Uh and then a whole 80% of the entertainment is seeing Godzilla, a.k.a. a guy in a rubber suit, um, like, do kung fu. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally breaks the... I think it's only enjoyable because we have, like, the super realistic CG movies nowadays. And then sure. you go back to that, and it's, like, a realization of, like, this was entertainment for people back then. Like, they took this seriously. But we are not taking it well, seriously, and therefore it is yeah. excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember my dad got some like way back when like Hollywood video still existed. So it was like, you know, early 2000s. But he rented some movies from like his childhood. So like the 60s. And he was like, I love this movie as a kid. And we watched it. We're like, and he was even like, wow, this is awful. I don't remember it being this bad at all. And there's like, you know, as a state kid, of the art like, back wow. then. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the clay was amazing. But now you're like, holy crap. This is what we watched and thought it was good so weird well mm-hmm. i but watched there are also Saint movies Seiya. like okay i was just gonna say like we watch movies you know like star wars from like the 70s and yeah it actually still does hold up it holds up pretty well mm-hmm. right yeah. but then there are other ones where you're like oh crap man like the amount of budget really made a difference i guess i don't know <laughs> or passion i i think star wars only holds up because of nostalgia like i still find it boring it's an really? okay movie. Yeah, like it's yeah, not it's... great, but it's an, and then it they just up. drawn out. It's just drawn out. There's so many of it, and I don't feel like any of it. I feel like they try to make it matter more, but it didn't end up mattering. Like it just didn't capture me in the yeah. same way that like other things have captured me. And I think I was probably spoiled by like other things more before I like really got to appreciate yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, uh, and fair. therefore I watched it, Star Wars. Not, it not being the first thing that like entered my mind for that uh-huh. kind of idea, uh probably just it didn't work. Yeah, I I watched Star Star Wars really early as a kid, so that's probably why I still really like it. And like up, I was but... saying, I, I watch I Sylvia and I just did a rewatch. Well, I, like a year or two ago, we did a rewatch of Saint Seiya, and it does not hold up. Like the original saga, the Twelve Houses, uh, I loved it. Sylvia and I loved it when we were young, and now it's like, oh my god! Like this story is going <laughs> nowhere. It's I don't know. We didn't we didn't enjoy it that much. There was a guy I remember this vividly. And the the when the moment when it jumped the shark was when Iki goes back to Death Island. I don't know the names in English, so I'm just making it up on the go. And he fights one of the uh, like one of the Dark Knights or, or something like that. And the guy has like a like a a drawn pamphlet. No, what a sign. And then he just the sign says death or something, and then he just throws it out. And he started Japanese puns, not communicating. Exactly, exactly. And I was like, okay, I'm not. (laughs) Like, Like there's clearly a very intricate pun here that is just Uh like. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's like, where okay. they need to do like um what was that i haven't seen it but what was that show you showed me the other week dimitri that's like a completely different story like ghost something ghost stories or something oh ghost stories is excellent um so uh, let they me give like you the premise. dubbed it completely different okay so let me give you the premise it bombed in japan it was just like not that great um it was like a serious story but it was just not not amazing but back then like you had what you had in terms of anime so they're like trying to sell it to uh north american audiences and the licensor they basically told the licensors hey this was a failure but like if you can make something out of it go for it so the licensors over here they redubbed it making a joke out of it like same content but uh the visually yeah, visually, it's the same content. They didn't really edit anything, but they redubbed the entire thing to be, like, complete wackadoodle, has nothing to do with anything. Tons of <laughs> potentially pop culture references from, like, U.S. stuff. It's like, oh, I'm a Scientologist. It's like, you really shouldn't be studying those kind of things. Um, like, <laughs> weird, weird snippets like that. Um, and uh, I think, like, the kid just, like, screams in a really weird way every single time. Um and yeah, it, it turns it into this excellent little thing that you can enjoy uh, that uh, was unwatchable or really boring at the very least uh, before. So, ghost stories. Yeah. Highly recommend the dub, not the sub. <laughs> not the sub. <laughs> <laughs> One time to watch the dub. There's interesting movies on this list for sure. Uh, okay, guys, I gotta go. I had to go like 40 minutes ago, but I can <laughs> Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> oh no 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 no! Don't don't apologize. I would have left if I like a hundred percent had to, but Sylvia's been waiting for me and she's getting angry. So Kay. I gotta go now. <laughs> All right. I'll Little. see you. Bye bye bye.